0: Now, fight back with Libby's Nimer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Good afternoon and welcome. It is one of the perennial complaints about auto insurance. It's not just the value of your car and your driving record that determine the rate you are charged. Your postal code is also a big factor. And two MPPs from two different parties have introduced two private members' bills that would ban insurance companies from charging drivers higher premiums depending on where they live. Now, the highest rates currently are in Brampton, and the insurance industry says it has statistics that show that the number of claims, the cost of claims, and the rate of fraud are all higher there. We would like to hear from you and your experience with this and your opinion on this. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 866 40. Joining me now, Guritan Singh from Brampton East. He is the NDP auto insurance critic and the sponsor of one of the private members bill. And with me here in studio, Pete Georges, who is the D- Director of Consumer and Industry Relations for the Insurance Bureau of Canada. Welcome to you both.
2: Thank you. Good afternoon. It's oh, a pleasure to be here.
1: Okay, a pleasure to have you, uh, Mr. Singh. And let's start with you. What uh, inspired you to bring forth this uh, private members bill? And, and what do you say to the insurance industry?
2: Well, let's, let's just look at the facts that we have before us. A uh, report came out earlier this year from the Ontario Trial Law Association that showed that the auto insurance industry has overcharged Ontarians upwards of five billion. Um, Yesterday, I asked a question in the House. It stated that Ontario has some of the lowest accident rates, but we pay some of the highest auto insurance in this country. When I door knocked, going door to door in Brampton, this is an issue that's literally holding people back. Some people in Brampton pay more for auto insurance than they do for their mortgages. And it's terrible. People are in really tight financial constraints. So uh, one of the biggest issues that we're seeing is that the GTA is uh, one region. It's one place where people live, work, and play—I, uh, I, you know, myself is a great example. Uh, you know, I live at home. I drive down to I drive down to Toronto. I hang out at different parts of the GTA. Uh, you know, we, it doesn't make sense for our auto insurance to be purely based on our postal code, especially when people have the same record, same car, same individual. Just by changing the postal code, can uh, have uh, changes to their rate as much as a thousand dollars.
1: Uh. Before we get to uh, Pete uh, Guritan, what do you say, so according to their statistics, the number of claims per 100 drivers in Brampton versus the rest of the province, there are 9% more claims versus the GTA, and 23% versus the rest of Ontario, and they say that the average cost of claim in Brampton is uh, nearly 9% higher than the GTA claim. Uh, What do you say to those stats?
2: Well, what I would say is this, when we have an industry that is overcharging, this is a study that came out earlier this year. Yeah, I remember Uh, it.
1: Remember it well.
2: Local Ontarians, $5 billion. I don't see those profits being passed down to everyday people. The auto insurance industry is making record profits year after year, and rates are going up year after year. And I just don't think the numbers add up. I think that we have an industry that's doing very well and that those profits – with something that's provincially mandated should be passed off onto consumers by way of premium decreases, not increases, year after year.
1: Pete, would you like to respond?
3: Well, it's a little disheartening to uh, to hear... Um, such inaccuracies. And and let me start by setting the record straight. First of all, uh, the study that was referred to is, was a study paid for by the uh, personal injury lawyers and uh, trying to serve their purposes. When you Are look you saying at the,
1: it's not accurate?
3: No, no. Because when you look at the study, for example, the, some of the data in there is so faulty. It's similar to saying leaf se- seasons of past years were successful if you didn't count the companies who lost money or if you don't count the losses you've got to look at the entire picture and when we look at the entire picture of the insurance industry not judging only the companies who are profitable and that's fewer these days as an industry, it's about a dollar and three for every dollar being paid out in claims. So there is an issue with um, the system. There are more being paid out, and the numbers that you referred to—the frequency and severity of claims in certain communities—we see. Uh, we're talking about Brampton, and those numbers show that compared to the rest of the province, there are 26.3 percent more claims on average or sorry, the average claim size is 26.3% higher, and there's 22.9% more claims. So you have higher frequency and higher severity, and that's driving costs in what, those areas.
1: I, do you, what is the reason for that?
3: Well, again, we, when you look at the uh, the basic amount, it comes down to how many crashes are occurring, Uh, Unfortunately, crashes are claims, actually there are more claims typically than crashes because there may be a a crash that involves multiple injuries or multiple uh, damages. Uh, And so when we look at that for specific areas, you're going to see the rates reflected or they're going to match. So better drivers are going to get better rates. Uh, Those drivers who aren't that good are going to see their rates reflected. And that's the situation as an industry that we're seeing here.
1: Now, Just a minute. Gurutan Singh, uh, do you uh, dispute what he's saying? And, and do you have any idea why that's the case, if it's true?
2: Well, I dispute the very foundation upon which that argument is built, quite frankly. I, don't think, I think it's ludicrous to say that because an individual has a clean driving record, has no tickets, no accidents, no anything, that they somehow have to be penalized because their neighbor might have a record, or because of where they live. I, I dispute that fundamentally, and I think there's well, something... Well, just,
1: just fun- a second. If the argument is that, that even if your record is good, you might be more likely to get into an accident who's, with someone whose record is not good because there are more of those people around, Is what's, what's wrong with that
2: logic? Well, I, that, that's the very foundation of my bill. My bill is say, is saying... Let's charge people based on their record, not based on where they live. And, and I that no, is—I have no issue. And that is one if, of the if factors. If a, as, just a minute, one Sorry.
1: at a time, please. Go, finish your thought, please, Guratin.
2: Yeah, if someone has a record which is clean and is not, there's no issue to it. Why should they be penalized? Why should, should they be discriminated against purely based on where they live?
3: And, and that's one of the factors that, uh, and as we all know, we've talked about this before. Ontario auto insurance is one of the most heavily regulated industries, and the Financial Services Commission, which oversees and approves companies' rates, uh, and the data that is being used here is data that is from the General Insurance Statistical Agency, which is a government agency, government uh, um, overseen agency. Um, shows that you know there's a problem, and as an industry, we've said there's a problem with the regulations the regulations and and this is an indication of some of the things that we as an industry have seen in terms of and we hear it from consumers as well the same type of argument that why am i paying for my neighbor's bad driving the concept that exists in terms of the rates uh, based on territories as we've seen is an issue because we are dealing with stale and outdated regulations and unfortunately um, we have now or fortunately we have two private members bills or one that i know of that i've seen um, that really want to address the issue so as an industry uh, we're supportive of improving the regulations uh, that will hopefully address some of these concerns yeah, you know, we can use. So,
1: so do you do you support these private members' bills that would treat the GTA as a whole
3: region? Well, we've only seen the one so far. Um, I don't know if uh, MPP Singh has even introduced as yet. He had a press conference yesterday. Um, we haven't seen it, and and again. We need to, to digest it and take a look at what it means. And, and we're willing to work. As, as a trade association, we've reached out uh, to government. we reached out to the opposition. We've reached out to all MPPs uh, to try and have that dialogue and highlight for folks. And, and we understand that auto insurance in Ontario needs to be reformed. And and these regulations are one of those things that need to be modernized.
1: Okay, before we get to Guritan Singh, I just want to give people an idea of some of the differences in rates here. And uh, this is information we got from. From the NDP. So in Brampton, the average cost is just under $2,600. In the city of Toronto, around Leslieville, it's uh, $1,950. Don Valley North, $1,750. Markham is $2,264. Pickering 1700 Ajax also, and Whitby 1700 on on that end. So you can see it's all over the map, and Mississauga, which is next to Brampton, is uh, not much cheaper. It's uh, $2,429. Um, so, uh, Guritan Singh, what's your response to what Pete just said?
2: Well, my response is, is you know, the point that we've been pushing for this whole time, that the auto insurance, uh, our industry in regards to how it's set up right here in Ontario, it's it's... Failing everyday Ontarians, it's failing everyday Ontarians, and we see that because of this huge uh, pinch that people are that they're uh, experiencing. Like I mentioned, there's people in my community of Brampton who are paying more for auto insurance than they are for their house's mortgage. That's not a tenable position. And uh, at the backdrop of this, we do see uh, ultimately uh, an industry that is making profit, an industry that is that we continually seeing more and more increases to our premiums and you know I asked this question in the house yesterday uh, statistics have demonstrated that Ontario has some of the lowest uh, rates of accidents but we pay some of the highest insurance in this country ultimately the numbers are not are not adding up and i think that you know, and then at the end of the day the little guys is, is suffering The every day ontarian ontarian is suffering because of these incredibly high and onerous um uh, car premiums that must be brought into check and it's not fair that you know you describe this huge discrepancy that's, that's occurring within G- the GTA the GTA is very similar in terms of density in terms of demographics in terms of you know people living you know we live in one city we work in another city we go to another city for pleasure uh, in terms of having hanging out and having fun it does not make sense that there should be so much discrepancy within the greater Toronto area this is wrong and that's why my bill is coming forward to address this point, now
1: I know I know you have to go, Guritan, But before we go, just what do you say to Toronto drivers who say, "I don't want my rates to go up uh, because of what's going on in Brampton"? Because, it, it you know, there in lots of areas in Toronto, there is actually lower density, uh, probably lower number of cars on the road. Um, wh- what do you say to that?
2: You know, the, this is not a Brampton issue, and it's very important to understand that this is an issue that affects people in New York Centre and Jane Finch. And Scarborough, This is an issue that affects people across the board. And our position is that the industry, the auto, insur- auto insurance industry is making record profits. That we do not want to see rates going up. The purpose of this legislation is to ensure that communities like Brampton and other communities are not paying discriminatory high rates of auto insurance purely based on where they live. This is incorrect, this is wrong, this is unjust. And that's the purpose of this legislation. And that's our goal and that's what we're really focusing on. We're trying to bring fairness to this industry and bring fairness to things like auto insurance.
1: Okay. Uh, Gurten Singh, thank you so much for joining us. I know you have to uh, run off. There's going to be a vote.
2: Thank you so much. A pleasure.
1: Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye now. Okay. I'm going to, uh, people, uh, our lines are full, and we are going to get to you momentarily. I'm just going to let uh, Pete respond to what Gurten just said.
3: Well, you know, it's concerning that some of those um, those statements there aren't accurate, uh, as, as we know, um, insurance is heavily regulated. And, and for an insurance company to adjust their premiums based on these outdated regulations takes so much time and effort that it doesn't allow uh, for consumers to benefit. Uh, we've talked about the uh, the inefficiencies in the system and the regulations. And so this is kind of indicative of it. Um, is this the be all and end all, this one particular issue? No. Uh, but I think the positive thing, too, is we do have a, a government MPP who is also recognized fact that we need to update regulations so that we can be more responsive.
1: Okay, uh, I'm, I'm going to go to the phones. Uh, Julia in Mississauga. And Julia, you have an experience of your rights changing when you moved,
4: right? Yeah, actually, I, actually, actually, I have two.
1: Okay, I'm, go ahead, tell us.
4: Once I moved from Milton into Mississauga a couple of years ago, my insurance went up 10%. And another time when uh, my husband passed away and I became a widow, my insurance went up $100 and I asked why. And they said because I'm now classified as single. Whoa. Uh, uh, um, Boy. That's like too big. You know, first it goes up 10% by moving and then I'm I'm, uh, single now. Even though I was married before and now I'm, because my husband's gone, I'm I'm now classified as,
1: you know, a different category. That, that, oh, I don't like the sound of that, Pete.
3: Well, you know, I wouldn't either. And uh, I would actually... ask some deeper questions. As part of my role, we have a Consumer Information Center, and annually we answer about 10,000 inquiries from consumers uh, similar to this. Uh, And and some of the direction and guidance we give to people is really to go back and and ask their insurance representative some more detailed questions because, unfortunately, uh, when you dig a little deeper sometimes, perhaps and and again, in this particular case, I don't know the details of it, but I know in some instances, if uh, you go from two vehicles to one vehicle, in a household. You may lose a multi-vehicle discount. And I don't know if that's the case here. So that there are other situations perhaps other than, and it's, it's um, the rating for singles after someone is uh, divorced or even uh, uh, widowed. Uh, those situations usually are at the older age's where single is a little more of a rating factor for the younger individuals, uh, typically under 25 years of age. So you've got to ask the deeper question. And unfortunately, I don't think that that answer probably is the necessary picture. Um, you know, I, as a driver as well in, in the GTA, got my insurance renewal recently and I noticed an increase in my premiums. And when I actually dug through the paperwork, before I called my insurance uh, agent, I dug through the paperwork and compared this year's numbers with last year's numbers, and I noticed that there were adjust- adjustments made. Um, the unfortunate thing is that that wasn't upfront. I had to actually do some digging, and, and and you're you're with the industry exactly. So there are some challenges that, that as an industry we have, and but I encourage uh, uh, folks to really dig deeper into the questions and, and get confirmations, because that doesn't sound right.
1: Okay, Julie. Well,
4: I did call them and ask them why it went up the $100, and they said it's because I'm now classified as single. Well, that... Um, the,
1: you,
3: the, the other thing I could point out also have is Have you checked that,
4: another insurance exactly, company? Exactly. No, because I've, I've known people that have changed, and they may get a, new, a, a better rate when they first go there, but then the next year, their increase. increased. Like it's, that, too. Hey, I don't think it's really a benefit.
3: Well, and again, we hear that as well, but there are many, uh, many companies out there. So shopping around, you know, if you do it yourself, sometimes people have a broker that they use. Uh, it's a competitive market. And uh, if you've got a clean driving record, I'm sure there are companies out there willing to compete for the business.
4: Julia, and thanks. who did you say you could complain
3: to? Well, you can't. We you can call our uh, consumer information center, and it's one eight four four two two seven five four two two. It's a free call. It's a free inquiry, uh, and and our. Uh, Consumer information officers are all experienced insurance people, typically retired, uh, and they can go through your situation and and make some suggestions for you. They won't recommend companies, but they can ask uh, and and look through things in terms of even your deductible amounts, uh, your coverages, make suggestions that perhaps you can then go to your insurance company or shop around with.
1: Sounds like a plan. Julia, thanks for your call. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Okay. Tony in Brampton. Hi, Tony.
3: Yes. Hi. It's... uh
5: A beautiful day today, but uh, it's a terrible subject. When it comes to uh, auto insurance, why do the insurance companies not just insure the driver? Why is the car involved? Because If we just insured the drivers, as a driver, good drivers are low rates, bad drivers are high rates, and uh, it would eliminate all of this uh, uh, problem.
1: Yeah, I, I I, mean, I can answer part of that, and that's because the value of the car and the cost of the repairs is different on different cars. If you drive a um, an imported car, uh, it costs a lot of money just for yes, I, tiny little damage. I
5: understand that, but if you're driving a car like that, you can afford the higher rate. And as a driver, and if you smash up a car like that, of course, let the insurance company charge you a higher rate as a bad driver not because you're driving an expensive car.
3: And, and that's a point that we hear occasionally as well. Different, uh, different jurisdictions have different models. Uh, it's something to consider. Uh, but again, you may have younger drivers who, uh, and, and uh, you know, I hate to say it, but the data shows that younger drivers inexperienced drivers do have a, a greater percentage of uh, crashes and collisions and claims uh, than more experienced drivers. So if you have a younger driver driving a powerful vehicle, um, typically the the rate that they're paying isn't appropriate for the risk that, they're, uh, uh, that they've are that they got on the road. So we want to try and make sure we want to match those uh, so that the uh, the right drivers are paying the right rates.
1: Okay, Tony, a- thanks for your call. Let's go to Darko in Etobicoke. Hi, Darko. Hello.
5: Hi, Peter. You remember
1: me, right? I do, Darko. I'm not sure right, we can uh, hear you. Yeah, can you hear me okay? Yeah.
5: Yeah, I just want to say... That it's all about your risk. If you live in a high-risk area, you're going to pay more for theft if there's more claims. It's like people go to school for to be an actuary for a reason, right? These numbers don't come out of the blue.
3: Well, and Darko raises a good point in terms of the numbers. And the data that companies use um, have to be vetted, uh, the, the uh Uh, The government's regulator, the Financial Services Commission, approves rates. And but the challenge also is when companies go to adjust their premiums, whether it's upwards or downwards, uh, it can be a lengthy process, and uh, doesn't allow for companies to uh, meet customer needs quickly. And I think that's part of the challenge. And some of these regulations need to be updated. But uh, yeah, it's all based on data, just as we've shown. Despite the fact that you know MPP Singh doesn't think. that that number is valid and those numbers are are accurate um you know it will agree to disagree
1: he he's he has other numbers uh that he thinks are more important uh darko thanks for your call let's go to alan brantford hi al
6: hi i i just want to do two quick things one my motorcycle which is a harley Davidson, is almost nine hundred dollars in ontario that bike I can insure in New York State with an address there for 197 dollars for the exact same one million dollar PLPD. And then, but that's separate. My son, when he turned 16, automatically our insurance on my wife's car and uh, my car and my pickup truck. This is in the, down the city in the South End went up because my son had turned 16 and he could become an, a driver. I argued with the agent, and they said, "Well, what if he backed the car out on the road and uh, hit somebody?" I said he can't drive. I had to take him to... I I phoned Guelph, didn't do any good. I had to take him to the office and show him that he was paralyzed and he could not drive before they took that off. Now, what's your answer to that? They had my son's birth date, I guess, from when we... Somewhere along the line with different insurances.
3: Well, my understanding of the insurance rating system, too, because I've gone through the situation with a teenage driver... And uh, that situation is such with the graduated licensing system in Ontario that until that person gets uh, their G2 license, when they're a G1 driver, they have to have a licensed driver in the vehicle. They're not rated until they can drive on their own or with a, a comparable driver uh, beside them. So it, it's, again, that's a bit of a head-scratcher. Even if, if he doesn't have a license, why an insurance company uh, would rate for that? And, uh, again, that's another question or suggestion that I would encourage you to call our Consumer Information Center on, because they can even provide you with some direction and guidance with uh, the insurance company ombuds people.
1: Okay, so people, just one thing I want to say, uh, grab a pen and paper, because before we wrap up this Segment which is uh, happening fairly soon. Pete is going to say the, that number again slowly, and you can write it down. Uh, but Al, thanks for your call. Let us go on to Doug and Lindsay. Hi, Doug. Hi, let me. Yeah, I, my
5: problem with the uh, insurance is that uh, recently renewed mine, and which I have to do every two years to find a better rate. But they wanted to know whether I had any action for the past six years. I have, I have been driving since 1942. I've never had an asphalt <laughs> accident.
1: Driving since 1942. Sorry? Driving since 1942. Yes. I've owned uh, my own vehicle since 1947.
5: Uh, okay. Never had an at fault accident. Now, somebody that's been uh, going back six years, somebody may have had two or three accidents when they're eight, nine, ten years ago. I think I should be getting a better rate than they do.
1: Uh, do they, uh, if uh, after the age of 80, do they start charging more? Do
3: well, you? again, Libby, you raise a good point, and it's unfortunate, but if you look at the data curve, it shows that those at the age Ends. So those younger drivers with less experience, and older drivers, uh, typically because of, uh, and we see it through the MTO when they require older drivers to go through uh, through testing again because of perhaps uh, uh, issues. Their 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 reflexes may not be as quick. Um, those two extremes on 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 the bell curve are the ones that uh, have uh, higher loss ratios, higher claims um, than the folks in the middle. And so that gets to be reflected, unfortunately, in rates. But, you know, driving since 1942 is, is, is a true testament.
1: I know somebody born in 1942, and they're not young, so that's like 76 years ago. So you would be, how, how old are you, if I may ask, Doug? 92. Wow, good for you to keep driving. Yes, I intend to. I okay. just reached a new vehicle. Oh, that's great. Wonderful. That's great. Um, always glad to hear about uh, Zoomers doing well and living their best life. Doug, thanks for the call. Thank you. Okay. Um, we uh, have to start uh, thinking about wrapping this up. We've got Harry and Lindsay with a good question. Hey, Harry.
5: Yes, thanks, Libby. Um, if you drive a car and own it for four or five, six years, the value of the car goes down, yet your insurance rates don't go down if you had to replace it through an accident.
3: It really depends on the vehicles, and uh, you know, vehicles that are typically four, five year old year old vehicles. Um, Those costs, from my experience, when I was an adjuster uh, handling vehicle damage claims, uh, weren't the issue. What typically were the issues were the cars that were 10 years and more of age, because finding parts uh, were a bit of a challenge. So I'm surprised in terms of you know newer cars, and that's typically a newer car. You've got a lot of vehicles nowadays that are on lease or financing for five years, six years, uh, and and typically getting parts for those vehicles isn't an issue. But while I'm talking about parts, what we're seeing as an industry is the costs of repairing newer vehicles with all the technologies, with all the sensors, that's going up. And so that's part of the challenge, especially with newer vehicles. And uh, we're seeing that reflected on the amount of claims for damage uh, increasing. That and distracted driving as well is a concern for the industry. There's a lot of people, unfortunately, who are still breaking the law and using their handheld devices, their phones behind the wheel of a car, uh, and getting involved in crashes.
1: Okay, I'm going to take uh, one more. We've got uh, Bill in Toronto. Hi, Bill.
0: Hi, I have uh, an issue with mileage. I drive 10,000 uh, K. And I talked to my insurance company, and I said, if I were to drive 100 a year, how much would it go up? And it's like a ridiculous amount, $10 a month. So my exposure would be tenfold, and there'd be really little increase in the price. I don't understand that.
3: It's, sorry, Bill, but you're, you're cutting in and yeah. out. So, if I could just try and and, and sort of yeah. provide some general answer okay. in terms of the amount of uh, kilometers, and and it really varies. Um, you know, typically nine to ten thousand uh, kilometers a year is is what is on the low end in terms of drivers. If individuals want uh, to take advantage of some systems that there are insurance companies out there who use those devices through usage-based insurance. And they're really targeted for people who don't do a lot of driving. And uh, from from my experience and knowledge, you can save some money there. uh, But in terms of the rating and the banding of, uh, you know, from 10,000 kilometers to 100,000 kilometers, uh, again, that may be a particular insurance company. I Don't generally think that's the way of the market.
1: Okay, uh, this time I really am going to take this as the last call. We've got Sheriff in Mississauga. Hi there. Hello. Hi. Go Hi. ahead. You're on the air. Yeah, I would like to
5: find out what's going on with insurance companies. Every area I lead, where is Toronto, where is whether where is Mississauga? Why my insurance going up? That's all the answer is. This is area high risk. Insurance companies, they got a license to rob the taxpayers. It's a shame to our government, federal and provincial government. It's a shame what's happening to the people. I'm 76, driver A1, A1 record. I was professional driver in my life. Never had an accident. Why
1: this is happening to the public? Okay, well, that's what the two private members' bills are are trying to stop. I don't think you have a question there, Sheriff, but we hear you, and uh, we'll see what happens with those two private members' bills. Thanks for your call. Okay, uh, we have to wrap this segment up. Before we go, I hope those of you uh, who wanted to hear this phone number, we will put it on our website, have got a pen and paper. Pete, slowly, please, the phone number.
3: So the number to the Insurance Bureau of Canada's Consumer Information Centre is 1- 844-227-5422. And the other way to think of that is 1-844, the number two, ask IBC. So it's 1-844-227-5422.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio.